a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. The G7 meeting wrapped up last week with the member nations, including the United States, committing to a global minimum business tax. They claim that it will stop tax cheats. Uh, as always, there is much, much more to the story. And I'm uh, really pleased to be joined today by Veronique Deruji, who is a senior research fellow at Mercatus uh, Center at George Mason University. She's a nationally syndicated columnist, had a great piece in Reason, arguing that uh, what's bad for business tends to be bad for the regular person, too. Uh, Veronique, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So give us just a little uh, little bit in there. We, we've heard a lot about the G7 meeting uh, and this idea of a uh, an international, a global minimum tax. Uh, what does that really mean for the, uh, for the average person? Well, so, I mean, first I'd be clear about what this is about. Well, most people think that actually somehow companies are doing illegal stuff by uh, putting their subsidiary in lower tax nations. Uh, What this really is about is not about cheating. These companies are acting totally legally. This is all about killing tax competition. It's effectively what the G7 is doing. It's like it's uh, effectively doing the first step uh, or taking the first step toward what they hope will be a tax cartel. Meaning that if you're a foreign, if you're a company and you have business abroad, that the incentive for you to settle your 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 foreign activities in a lower taxation, actually, a lot of this incentive goes away because, for instance, there are about ten countries where the corporate income tax is zero, and they're saying, well, now it doesn't matter if you're doing business and you're established in a zero-rate country, now you're going to have to pay a 15% minimum tax. And what effectively this does is that it actually gets us closer to harmonizing taxes around the world. And they're, they're right now they're starting with seven nations, but they clearly have their eyes in trying to convince or to um, – or to bully, uh, depending on how you see it, uh, the, red, the 135 nations, including a lot of countries that have a lot to lose. And you were asking, what does that do to people? Well, corporate income taxes are not paid. The, the distortion, the, the economic impact is actually not paid necessarily by the, the person writing the, the tax. And what we know with corporate taxes is that they are extremely distortive and and they are shouldered for the most part by 
workers in the form of lower wages and consumers, obviously, with uh, higher prices. Yeah, and I, I think that's such a, an interesting thing because it, it's easy for us to kind of disconnect from that process and say, well, that's just a international thing. Those are just big businesses dealing with that. Uh, but it really does, in the end, uh, impact the, the consumer, the individual, the workers as well. Uh, and it's, it's very easy, uh, I think, uh, for some of these nations and, as you said, some of those that are trying to create this, uh, I like the term tax cartel. That's really how it feels to me. Um, but that's really not a great thing for workers uh, as well as consumers. And the, and, the, and the principle behind it, right, which is, and you, you can see it in the way uh, the Biden administration was actually talking about what this global minimum tax would do and, and why it's so important to convince other countries is that they actually really want to prevent, right, giving an edge to countries. He literally said this, country, giving an edge to countries with, with lower taxes. So this is about tax competition. And unfortunately, the reason why it actually concerns that, that principle that we need to, to, to squash tax competition is going to affect individuals in the long run, not just through the distortions of the higher corporate income taxes, but also because it's only a matter of time before they actually say, hey, we've done this with corporate corporate taxes. Now let's do this with individual taxes. Let's do this with capital gains taxes. Let's do it with with everything. And so we need to fight it, you know, as much as we can. And by the way, the reason why we know is the European Union uh, has been trying to do this on the individual side with, with something called the EU Savings Tax Directive, which effectively was a way to harmonize taxes by compelling lower tax nation to automatically share information of people investing mm. in their in in their jurisdiction. So we know we know where they're going, and yeah. and we just can't like we shouldn't be sleeping soundly and say oh, this just this is just for corporations. Yeah. Well, in so many ways, it's really not. That, that's right, and I want to get to that uh, whole idea of of where this leads and where it goes next. Uh, uh, I think most people, if they if they stop just and listen to the last thing you said in terms of uh, if suddenly all of those nations, imagine 135 countries saying, well, we, we figured this out on, on business and now we're going to do that, whether it's your capital gains or whether it's your income, uh, that somehow that doesn't sit quite right, uh, I think, with American citizens. But uh, this seems to be uh, a path. But what is the short-term path and what is the short-term? Where does this go next in terms of moving forward? Well, so first, they're going to try to convince 135 nations uh, to, to, to adopt this, this framework. I think, I think it's going to be hard. That's the good news. It's going to be hard because um, among these nations, there are actually a lot who have a lot to lose. That said, these seven nations have a lot of leverage and have a lot of uh, uh, power to try to actually kind of twist these countries' arm. But it's also kind of unclear um, that each one of the countries could actually get ratif- ratify something like this if it actually took off. Because it, it would have, if it requires changing tax treaties and things like this, it would have to go through, um, through at least the Senate and so, um, you know, through Congress. And, and so that's kind of all. It depends on the timing and, and, and how, it, how it looks. 
Um, but the, the the thing, by the way, to talk and the reason why I may actually not sit well with, um, uh, with the Congress, there's still people who actually are very wary of giving of lifting every power to tax, like or giving away a ton of power to tax to the government. And effectively, what this is doing is effectively taking away a lot of the pressure. With tax competition, the reason why everyone should love tax competition is actually probably our latest, uh, uh, our last tool to actually put pressure on greedy government who always want to increase taxes. Because right now, if there are actually a lot of places where you can invest your your money or you can set your business abroad or uh, and different rates to choose from, right? I mean, right. that fear of exit creates some pressure yes. from the, the power grab politicians here at home. And if you allow a system that effectively harmonizes taxes, or at least really, really seriously kind of get closer from from making sure there's very little difference between the high-rate nation and the currently low-rate nation, um, then that pressure is gone. And that is bad news for everyone because they will start at 21% corporate income tax rate. They want to already move it to 25 or 28. And then who knows where it will end. And same for uh, for individual rates. The individual. Yeah. Wow. Fascinating stuff. It's a great piece. I encourage everybody to go take a look at that at Reason. Uh, uh, Veronique Deruji from uh, the Mercatus Institute. Thanks so much for your insight today. This is an important one. And this is one more area where uh, Congress has to do its job. Uh, and not abdicate this to the executive branch or on up to international organizations, uh, which is just a recipe for disaster uh, for all of us. All right, we're going to go ahead and step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we'll be joined by Robert Gerke. We're going to talk about uh, some interesting things in terms of open records. What does it mean to you as an individual? Much more to come here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. <laughs> There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.